There is something that's called La Fofole. Supposedly, these are children that died through some horrific accident to where they're demon-like children, and they appear in the shape of lights that try to get you to follow them so you'll be lost forever in the swamps. Yeah, when you hear, like, scraping claws underneath the bed and it moves and... Uh... You can, I was so terrified, dude. I pulled the blanket over my head. I could hear whatever it was breathing outside the sheet. When I was a little bit after there, we got into a car accident, hit a moose. My mom ended up under the steering wheel of the car. She had a big hand-shaped bruise on her shoulder. It was like somebody pushed her underneath the steering wheel. My mom should have gotten decapitated. The weird part was we hit a moose and we had a moose hanging from the rear view mirror. The only other thing that I could think of would be a bear, but there's no bears in that area either. It's just not the right habitat for them. And when you see that a bear, a bear's gonna move. It's gonna take off for the most part. And this thing just shot and did nothing. This material world that you're told is bound by science and everything else, obviously, obviously science and physics are very important. There is so much more out there that is left to study, that is left to learn about. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Investigation Cryptoparology. Sit back, get relaxed, and crack open your favorite cold beverage as we dive deep into the abyss of what we were told couldn't possibly exist. Folks, check out Polky's Acrylic Art LLC out of Shriver, Louisiana. Mr. Polky is an interpretationist painter, meaning whatever you would want him to paint, it would be done per his interpretation of the piece. His work speaks for itself, and you can see examples of his work on our website at www.investigation-cryptoparaology.com Just tap or click on the Sponsors tab. If you would like to get in touch with Mr. Polky, you may do so by either emailing him at tpolky at yahoo.com That's T-P-O-L-K-E-Y at yahoo.com or by call or text at 1-985-227-3037 And if no one answers, just leave a voicemail or send a text. Prices depend on size and depth of piece. Hello, Francis. Welcome to Investigation Cryptoparology. Tonight, we'll be talking to Kelly H. from right here in Idaho Falls, Idaho, about some experiences that she would like to share. Welcome, Kelly. The floor is yours. Just jump right in. All right. Um, don't really know where to start, but I've got several experiences and a whole lot of chatting to do, I suppose. Um, That's what we're here for. <laughs> I was a young, dumb teenager once upon a time. That's where all this started. We, me and a couple of girlfriends got the bright idea to go hang out in Rose Hill Cemetery in the middle of the night. Uh, It was long before somebody had vandalized the cemetery so they didn't have it locked down. And even if they did, there is still a way to break into the cemetery. You go in through Topfus Park and by the canal they can't close it off so you can get up around the gate (laughs) yeah i think i've seen that um i think our our most i don't even know i wouldn't say it was exciting it was kind of creepy we took cameras 
And if you if you're ever taking pictures in the dark in a cemetery, you get pictures of orbs and you can see little flying bugs and oh yeah stuff. Well, in the middle of Rose Hill Cemetery, there is an orange light that comes up out of we don't know where, and you hmm. can't photograph it, and it's always there. So we you know looked into that quite a bit. I've tried to take pictures of it numerous times. You can't do it. I've almost been arrested for being in the cemetery because after somebody went in and knocked over a bunch of headstones, they're real leery about people being in there. Um, we also decided that a Ouija board was a good idea at one point. Mm-hmm. Never again. <laughs> but uh, spent a lot of time out there. That was That's probably my biggest as far as paranormal goes. Early in life, um, I, like I told you earlier, come from a family of clairvoyants, so that's kind of fun or creepy, depending on who you are. (laughs) I'm unfortunately kind of a magnet for the strange and unusual. Um, I know you know where Planet Doom is. Oh, yeah. I know the world won't, but a lot of my experiences in recent years have come from that building it's i don't know if it's an environment thing or something else it could be that that we get a lot of props and furniture from estate sales from people who have passed but it's a legitimate haunted situation not just a a scare factor for fun and you know right but these things don't happen when the common public is in the building well for, for the listeners out there that don't know or don't understand, spirit energy actually attaches itself to objects. So if they get a prop or a piece of furniture, it could be as, you know something as small as a lamp. And the, uh, you know somebody died in the bedroom, and that lamp was in the bedroom, where their energy attached itself to that lamp. So then they're bringing the spirit of that person into the haunted house. Go ahead. Exactly. And we it started. Um, with a bunch of amplifiers, I guess is what they were. They were plugged into a bunch of props and there were several of us, not just me, but we started hearing voices coming through the boxes and we thought, well, maybe it's the bowling alley because they've got a PA system and Mm. maybe it's just picking up interference and things like that. But then they started to have what seemed like intelligent conversation from one speaker to another. Um, I actually have a friend that can vouch for a really odd situation. We were sitting downstairs in what our gift shop area is at the time. It was still Dr. Slaughter's back then. And we had been hearing a bunch of stuff and things going on and stuff moved on its own. And that was really kind of odd. And her mom, I guess, is really into paranormal stuff. And she says to me, I really wish my mom was here. And from upstairs, everybody is in the other half of the building doing whatever. There's nobody around us. And from upstairs, from the speaker, you hear, you want your mommy. And we just both kind of stopped. (laughs) She said, yeah, I do. And a few seconds later, the other speaker popped off with, well, too bad. So we've had Hmm. angry, like malevolent 
moments in the building. A smart ass ghost. That's great. Mm-hmm. We've actually brought in East Idaho Paranormal twice now. The first time was shortly after the speaker incident, and I don't know if they caught anything. I was not heavily involved. I did a couple of sessions with them before I went home. But the second time, I, it was me that brought them in. There had been too many strange things for words going on. You can sit in the building and hear somebody run across the floor upstairs. Now, see, I've, I've actually experienced that back during the summer last summer. Mm-hmm. It got extremely hot, and I know that that building stays extremely cool inside. Yes, it does. It's cold. So, you know, we're set up. And I was just sweating, you know, beyond belief. So I told Lonnie, I said, I asked Lonnie, I said, is the door open? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, good. I'm going to step in and cool off. And I knew nobody was in there. And you could hear, and just like you said, you could hear somebody, it sounded like, you know, feet just running across. Mm-hmm. And, and then I, and I asked Brian too, I said, is anybody in the building? He said, not to my knowledge. Yeah, and it happens It happens a lot. And if you're in the back of the building where the garage and everything are, we used to have a bunch of couches back there. Um, I was sitting back there at the time my son was, oh, probably three months old, four months old. <laughs> He's been future haunter in training since the day he was born, I swear. Nothing wrong with that. Sitting back, feeding him. And all of a sudden I heard somebody come bolting down the stairs. It's just me and a guy named Tony. He doesn't work with us anymore, but, and you hear somebody come across the floor upstairs, down the stairs and the bathroom door flings wide open. And then the stall started slamming. Time to go. And I was like, is that, is that normal? <laughs> like, well, it's happened to me once or twice now. I was like, oh, Okay. He's like, well, you do know that a bunch of the furniture I brought in was from an estate sale. We even have the chair the woman died in. And I was like, oh, crap. Let's just invite it all in that. Thank you so much. <laughs> and a uh, few, few weeks later, they had started leaving me, my husband, and our two roommates at the time in the building. And we'd lock up and turn the lights off while we were you know make sure all the kids got home and and my husband who can vouch for me he's actually sitting right here playing video games <laughs> goes to turn the lights off and comes back and he says uh do we have clowns downstairs and at the time our fun house with all the creepy clowns was actually upstairs yeah and i said no we don't have any clowns downstairs he's like well i can hear laughing and I just kind of didn't really pay much mind. I was like, no, don't have clowns downstairs. Maybe it's one of the props that's not off yet. And he, he asked me to go with him to turn the rest of the lights off. And I could kind of hear like whispering. Mm-hmm. And as we're walking back after we get the lights all split off out of this side room where we do everybody's makeup comes a little voice that says, hey, come back. I've never run so fast in my adult life. <laughs> I'm I'm not afraid of the unknown per se, but 
it it can be startling. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was talking to you earlier, I told you I've had my first experience at eight years old, and that was it was creepy. <laughs> To say the least, I, I flung open you. our garage door and there this person was, and it was kind of like, okay, I don't really know what you want me to do. I'm just going to go in the house. Mm-mm. Well, if you want to add a, another little bit of a creep factor to uh, Planet Doom, I keep wanting to call it Dr. Slaughter's. Oh, I know. It's it, Eventually it gets easier, I promise. But uh, if you want to add an, another little, another little creep factor to that that entire matter of fact, the entire area of Idaho Falls, okay. Mm-hmm. Now you know it used to be a naval base, right? Um, I knew that there were military things that went on around here. I didn't know that per se. No. Yeah, it was a. It, it, at one point in time, it was a naval base. Uh, if you look at the apartments and then some of the houses and you notice mm-hmm. how all the apartments look the same and then all the houses literally look the same. Right. Those were uh, the apartments were uh, just re- regular servicemen barracks and then the houses were office reporters. Okay. Now, there were there were some things that that happened, uh, in, you know, in fighting. It, it happens everywhere on, the, on military bases, whatever, um, you know. Some, some people got shot, whatever. But before that, back before, you know, it, back, back before it was Eagle Rock, before it was Idaho Falls, you know, it was Eagle Rock. And back before that, this entire area was actually a part of a native reservation. I knew that. And 90% of what's going on, you know, that's not attacked, you know, tied to furniture or props or stuff like that. 90% of what goes on in this town is, can be attributed to the to the uh, native reservation because there was a lot of bodies buried in this area because the uh, the Nez Perce, the Bannock, and the Ute tribe had an ongoing war for over fifty years. And guess what? Guess what? Little area was in the middle. I'd be us. <laughs> Yep, all of Idaho Falls, Rigby, and part of Rexburg. Which and there's a a couple of students that have talked about the college in Rexburg mm-hmm. and how you can close and lock your dorm door, but you wake up and it's fully open and nobody else has the key. Okay then. Yeah. So you know. Uh, if you talk to people who have lived here for a long time, since so like a business owner, and you ask them, have you ever had any, you know, anything happen? Um, the guy that owns gas and grub will actually tell you that the alarm's gone off at night and he's got there. His name's Kip. And mm-hmm. uh, the alarm, the, the alarm goes off in the middle of the night and he gets there and the doors are standing wide open. The lights are on and nobody's there. Wow. Yeah. Um, there actually used to, on, on that note, be a tattoo shop downtown. I don't even know what, what's in there now, but, um, it used to be Atlas Tattoos. Yep. I remember that. Um, before that, I don't remember what it was called, but, uh, one of the guys there that, that worked there, his, uh, name was BJ. Yep. And, uh, he, he told me, he said, we have stuff happen all the time. 
um, in the basement of the shop leads to the tunnel tunnel system that still runs under downtown. Yep. Now there's not very many people that know about the tunnel system downtown, but there is quite a bit of it still left. Um, their entrance only went so far before it was blocked off. But he said, there's a certain point that if you go downstairs, most people can't get past that point because there's just something that's almost heart stopping when yep. you cross a certain line. He said, we, uh, when we moved into the building, there was a shelf full of glasses downstairs for some reason. We don't know why they were there, but they would randomly fall off and break for no reason. We've had the doors slam. We've had the cameras go off and nobody's in the building. Yeah. I learned that from uh, Dave when he still had his pawn shop. He, he me and him got to talking about all this and he took me downstairs. He said, I want to show you something. And he moved some clothes aside. He said, here's one door. And he walked over to the other side. He said, there's the other door. He said, this door I can go into the one on the left that, that led on down. But the, he said the one that goes under the, the driveway between here and the tattoo parlor. He said, I, he said, I can open the door, but I can't go through it. Uh, so I, didn't, I didn't know the pawn shop had that much access because I knew that the tattoo shop, you couldn't go any farther. Yeah. Um, Dave was saying something about you could go to the left and go mm -hmm. all the way down to uh, the corner. Okay. And he said, and then it's bricked up and, and you can't go any further. He said, but to the right, he said it actually led under the driveway between him and the tattoo parlor. Mm -hmm. And then it's supposed to go on further and, you know, cross under Broadway and, and keep going. He said, but you just physically can't go any further. You open that door and it's like you hit an invisible barrier. Huh. That's interesting. I do know that part of underground downtown, there's... Somebody that my mom knows had access to it for some reason, but there's an entire dental office that was just abandoned down there. Wow, I'd love to see that. Chairs, tools, the whole nine yards, still there. And I don't remember why they had access to it, but it's to this day, as far as we know, is still there. Okay. So that's, that's kind of an interesting abandoned, and why a dental office and why underneath in the tunnel system i don't i don't really understand so maybe you didn't have a license <laughs> well if you think about the age of it you know doctors and barbers were the same people yep which i'll, I'll never understand that bloodletting <laughs> nope i'll pass right that does not that's not a cure-all um Let's see. I've got plenty more experiences. My brain is just, where do we go from here? We're kind of back and forth between ages here. Um, do you know where American Heritage Charter School is? I think so. Out on New Sweden Road. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Used to be the New Sweden Elementary School. Okay. Um, it, it was abandoned for a really long time. Um. We had permission to go into the building when this all started because Frank Vandersloot owns it or owned it before. I don't know if he just still does. But um, the person that was supposed to open the door never showed up. 
they were going to let us investigate the school. And it just so happened that there was a busted out second floor window and we were all a bunch of stupid teenagers. Shame so on. we yeah, climbed through the busted second story window and there was a ladder. So somebody had already, you know, paved the way. We just took the open invitation. Um, once inside, it was very interesting, old rundown. You could tell people had been squatting in the building. Mm -hmm. I actually have pictures on my Instagram of the inside of the building and the energy that comes out of those pictures, the orbs that are in those pictures is just fascinating. There's thousands hmm. for a building that's been empty forever. There was thousands. And my husband and I used to deliver papers out there and the energy around that building is still at night is just awful and creepy. I don't know if it's cause it's in the middle of nowhere or what but it's just it's got this energy about it but before that back back to being inside the building um there's a a set of stairs that goes from the mid floor all the way to the basement and the rumor had it and i didn't make it this far and i'll get to the reasons why shortly okay. that somebody had um been trying to basically open a portal to hell in the basement and if you could get clear downstairs where all the boiler room stuff was there was supposed to be a pentagram on the floor with the Bamfit skull and all that and um we had explored upstairs and explored the it, it looked almost like a bell tower since it was an old elementary school you know it'd been there for years and as we're going down the stairs Everybody's in front of me. One of my friends is still upstairs where we came in, just kind of wandering around. I got pushed down the stairs. Nobody behind me, everybody in front of me. They tried to blame my friend that was upstairs. He was completely on the other side of the building from me. I got pushed down the stairs. When we got to the emergency room, first of all, they were all afraid we were going to get in trouble. So they dropped me off and everybody left. <laughs> and ship. Oh, gee, thanks, guys. Because I so want to call my parents and tell them I trespassed in an old building today. Yeah. Uh, I had bruises on my back from where something had smacked me in the shoulders. And I broke my ankle because I fell down that first flight of stairs. So like you had fun. Yeah, trying to climb down a ladder and out a second story window with a with a busted ankle is really unfortunately uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but back behind what is now American Heritage, there's still an old chimney that it's remnant from the original school, original settlement, something super old. You can go out there in the fall and the chimney's hot. There's no fire. There's no people. It doesn't get used as far as I know. And even when the sun's not shining on it, the bricks are hot. So that's been, that was, that was an interesting experience. And I've taken other people to show them and they're like, no, no, it can't be. And I said, I promise, put your hands on it. It's hot. And it's gray brick. So it doesn't have any real reason to hold heat without being lit on fire. 
there's a cemetery out there too just little dinky cemetery i don't know that they still use it most of the headstones are pretty old um there's i mean there's a few newer ones i don't know i think the the most recent that i could find was about 2002 okay um the same guy from the tattoo shop had given me access to him and his wife they went out and recorded and they came across a little boy looking for somebody in in the cemetery and he just kept asking where his family was and he i mean you couldn't see him he wasn't there he had crossed over but there's a little boy that is constantly looking for his family i you know the clairvoyant in me says i'm not sure he knows that he's dead and when well, you come across those, they they usually look the way they did the day that they passed because they just don't understand what happened yep <laughs> um so that's, that's rich in old history is the part of the original settlers from my understanding around here were from sweden hence the new sweden elementary and cemetery and all that right right so i'm not sure how old this little boy is where he came from but it's it's something that i've been meaning to look further into um i also we're gonna bounce back to planet doom for a second yep. i brought back in I, I mentioned that i had brought back in the east idaho paranormal group um i actually brought them back in shortly after my brother-in-law passed um that was one of the last places that I spent time with him while he was alive. And it was just a very, I, I, I was looking, I suppose, for some kind of closure. Um, but I, I have the recordings from that. And in the room with the furniture from the old lady, I have a, a jump drive with all the recordings and the EVP sessions and everything. It sounds like an old lady trying to hawk up a lung is what we got on the recording which is disgusting oh, but it's <laughs> i mean no offense <laughs> older the older people in life but they make some nasty noises oh yeah it's one of those you know sounds like somebody's trying to hawk up a loogie it's disgusting um walking through parts of the the new maze you can hear people walking in the dirt behind you Somebody likes to follow me around the haunt. I don't know who it is. I don't know what their intention is, but they like to follow me if I'm alone. My least favorite room is the nun zone. We have nuns from the movie, The Nun. Oh, wonderful. And every time I'm in there by myself, there's like gravelly stuff left on the floor from it being wet. And we try, because the, the ceiling used to leak super bad. They finally got it replaced last year. Um, yeah, I remember that. So there's cat litter and gravel and the, all the things that we tried to use to keep the water at bay. And you can hear somebody dragging their feet through that. And I, I, I would like to get more evidence to bring back in another paranormal group because they said, you know, if we ever come back, because it turned into a media circus because what I had planned to be a small session with this group of people, and they're very nice people, turned into 20 kids staying when it was just supposed to be you know four or five yeah and somebody got the right idea to call east idaho news or channel eight one of the two and it 
really made the guy that the the guy's group that came in upset because it was supposed to be a, a kind of a hush hush situation they're not really big on being out front in the media right so that that kind of ruined the experience of having them there so we didn't catch as much as i would have liked um apparently one of my past co-workers co-workers has video of one of the closets downstairs the doors opening and closing repeatedly with nothing turned on and i've tried to get a hold of him for that footage but he won't talk to me these days so well on a on a you know a better note i would love to come in and uh see this to, to you know experience what you've experienced and, and, and everything and, and do some mm-hmm. uh evp sessions and whatever for the podcast i'm sure we could make it happen i have <laughs> lucky for me quite a bit of sway over some things so <laughs> um as long as it's you know kept small and not it doesn't well, it would just be me so yeah hinder anything or anyone i think i think we could make that happen i don't see a reason why not yeah the only the the only media coverage that that it would be getting would be the podcast because i'm not gonna blast it all over the news i mean i I have blasted the podcast all over everywhere so everybody knows you know if you want to hear something you go to the podcast you don't contact him on facebook unless it's uh like the uh suicide prevention line i always put that up either at the beginning or the end and I tell people, if you're having a really hard time, you can contact me through Facebook or you can contact the uh, text line or the helpline. But other than that, I, you know, people contact me about getting on the show and it's either through email or through Facebook. But, you know, I don't I don't talk to a whole lot of people. Right. Well, I, I saw your post because your, your post, I can speak clear English today <laughs> on, on Facebook and just, you know, I don't talk to a whole lot of people about the experiences but it is kind of fun to get it out there because it's just it's it's things that there are certain people in the world that believe and there's a lot of people that don't (laughs) well we were all skeptics at one one point in time till we had our first experience right exactly and you know i when my mom as a kid used to tell me that she saw and talked to deceased relatives i just kind of brushed it off and then the older i got the more it happened and it was like oh okay i don't know how i feel about this and i've you know i've learned how to tune some of it out and it makes me sound crazy to say oh yeah i talk to dead people but (laughs) no crazier than than how i make myself sound when i say yeah i can just be walk out my door and see a dead neighbor what (laughs) yeah yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've dealt with it, I think, back as far as I can remember. And I can remember to like, to like two or three years old. And the first one I ever seen, now, now, now granted, I have seen some that are, like you were talking about earlier, that don't know that they're dead. So, you know, yeah. they look the way that they did when they died. But, I, but for the most part, it's, it's a gruesome sight. It really is. Because they've been in the ground for a while and really depending on the on the age of the grave depends on you know how they show but most of the ones that, that have been gone since the 1800s it's it's like out of something out of a horror movie and you never really get used to it no i, I i'm with you you don't um 
there's there's actually a if you if you can see it which you know you you've proven that you can if you uh, drive by Rose Hill Cemetery there's occasionally an old man that sits by the fence and waves at people and I, I don't think he knows that anybody can see him or they can't I don't you know but he's a little ragged <laughs> and could be creepy under under the wrong circumstances but i'm, I'm just used to it he's just kind of there he's not hurting nobody I, and it, it may be like my neighbor who i see every day and he's i mean my neighbor's still alive but he waves at everybody and just smiles and is a happy happy person and maybe in in life that's the way this gentleman was <laughs> Maybe, or he could have been a little creepy in life. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you know, you never know about people. Between paranormal and my obsession with serial killers, I, you know, you, I, I may look like a normal sane person. That doesn't mean that I couldn't kill someone. I think that's true for anybody, really. <laughs> even you, even the, and I'm, and I'm gonna say this again. I'm not. Uh, signaling anyone out to my listeners when I say Bible thumpers I mean the people that I grew up around back in the, uh, the 70s and the 80s the ones who you know, they only tolerated you if it, well as long as you were doing what they say so yeah <laughs> the fanatics yes that's the word I was looking for the fanatics yeah <laughs> I've come across a few of those in my life. I've come across some of those here recently. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> that's not possible. That, that That's not real. What it says in the Bible is what it is. But people, you got to remember, the Bible stated in, Re, in Revelation that in a, you know, in a something like a thousand years, or I'm, I'm just paraphrasing, mm. that, uh, Christ would return and then we'd go through the trials and tribulation and everything. But you got to remember how long, it, how long ago it was when the Bible was written. And I wholeheartedly believe that that's all already happened. You know, it happened, you know, like hundreds of years ago, because you take, if you look, look back in history, there, there was a time in history, several times actually, but I'm not going to go into that, but there was a time in history to where, uh, speaking of uh, speaking of the rapture, that people just disappeared off the face of the planet, all over the world, and nobody can you know figure out what happened. And then, then you have all you have World War One, World War Two, all the death and famine and starving children and everything else. Well, that's purgatory. Mm -hmm. And then when they say that the world will be born anew, well. That would be, you know, what we have after COVID. Because we went through two years of pure hell. And now everything's starting to, to get back to some semblance of uh, normalcy, right? Right. Well, and if you didn't have COVID, I bless you because it was awful. Uh, I don't think I've had it. I mean, I may have had it. But I, I don't think I have. I know the, for a fact that my wife did before they even came out and said that COVID had hit America before they knew what it was because she went into the doctor and they just told her that it was a bad rest, uh, upper respiratory infection, but it wasn't the flu. It wasn't pneumonia. It wasn't any of that. Mm -hmm. 
but she, I mean, she just, she suffered and went through pure hell for, you know, a, a couple of months. And so, I mean, I, I wholeheartedly believe that, that she had had it before they ever came out and said, okay, well, COVID's in the United States. Right. Well, we, we got it. Well, I can't say we, I got it from while I was working at Planet Doom the first year that it was, that it was Ooh. all of a sudden a thing. Masks were mandatory. You couldn't go anywhere without hand sanitizer, the whole nine yards. Not to switch gears, but uh, oh, somebody, I, I was sitting in the ticket booth. I had had um, a fusion surgery on my foot, and so they didn't know where to stick me. <laughs> I was on crutches and just kind of gimping around. And so they stuck me in the ticket booth, and I, I'm prone to sinus infections. It's just a, a known fact for me. And I went in thinking that I had a nasty sinus infection. And the doctor says, well, you live with older people and you have a baby. We're going to, we're going to wrap a test you and just see how it goes. And, uh, came back that I had had COVID and then I immediately, unfortunately spread it to my entire family. Oh. So it, it started with me and then the baby got it. And then my husband got it. And then my mom got it. And then my dad got it. Oh, Jesus. I knocked them out like dominoes. And if you have asthma of any kind, it's it's the worst on your lungs. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with you. It's pure hell for, you know, at least a month. And even then I have lasting effects on my lungs because of having asthma. Yeah. That sucks. Definitely. Yeah. <sighs> feel like i'm running out of things to say here now we're just randomly talking about covid oh no that that, that, that even happens when me and my co, uh, co-host uh do episodes we'll start out on one thing and then we'll bounce around to 15 other things and then it lands back where we started <laughs> we'll come back around to yes i believe in the extraterrestrial paranormal oh your your comment about people disappearing for no reason actually made me think of alaska for some reason <laughs> Because there are more unexplained disappearances in Alaska every year than there are in the entire United States. Yep. Well, that and national parks. People come up missing in national parks, I think, every day. Yeah. Um, there's there's actually a... Where do, I don't even remember where I saw it. It was on some video. I'm sure it was on Facebook or something about... There's a rural spot in Idaho that is between between borders of like Idaho and Wyoming or Idaho and Nevada, somewhere in the middle of nowhere, basically that you could basically kill somebody and get away with it because there's no jurisdiction out there at all. Well, I'm not saying that I've thought about this because I haven't thought about this, but as far as, you know, uh, when people bring up subjects like that, you do know that there's places here, uh, just right around, well, not town, but just outside of town that you could do that pretty, pretty much get away with it. Uh, the lava fields out past uh, Noise Park. Yeah, I've, I've thought about that. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I didn't. There's a few people on my list in life that if I decide to lose my shit and go on a rampage, that's, that's just where they'll end up. It'll be fine. The only thing you got to look for is an open lava spout. Or mm. tube, rather. Or a well, yeah, pig farms work too because they'll eat every damn thing. <laughs> Except teeth. They won't eat teeth. Well, you'll have to figure out what to do about the teeth. Yeah, you just grind them down. It'll be all right. 
I mean, you know, on a serious note, uh, you know, we were talking about, you know, you were talking about serial killers and stuff like that. Yes, I, I have a weird obsession with serial killers. I, it's unfortunate. Well, it's not unfortunate. I mean, <laughs> every, everybody like, likes to get into a little bit of Ed Gein or uh, Ted Bundy or um, John Wayne Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer, Jeffrey stuff Dahmer. like that. My favorite, is, my, my favorite is Ed Gein, though. Ed Gein is fascinating, and he was he was raised evil. He wasn't necessarily that way, but his mother—that's a fascinating story. There's yeah, a Ed Gein was actually—I don't know if you knew, you knew this or you may have, but uh, I don't know how many people in listener land knows this. But Ed Gein goes go look him up on Google. He was actually the base for Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I did know that. Um. And what was it, Jeffrey Dahmer and Buffalo Bill is the coordination there? Yeah, yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer with uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs, Buffalo Bill, yeah, yeah. for Buffalo Bill, yep, yeah. I, you know, of the of the interesting human mind, I and I. I think it's serial killers that fascinate me because of the way they think more than anything. I don't, I don't know that I could go out and kill somebody. I don't have a desire. My, my brain's not wired that way, but it, it fascinates me. Why? I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer just wanted people to stay around. That was his, that was his whole. I still want to get into the minds of the cops that took that boy back to him. What were you thinking? Right. This kid is telling you that this man has heads in his refrigerator. And you take him back to, get to to Dahmer and say that it was a gay lover's quarrel. The kid was naked. Really? <laughs> I'll never get over that. Right. And I, I mentioned, like I said, Edmund Kemper. Like that, that's an interesting one because he turned himself in. He got tired of not getting caught and turned himself in. Here's another one. Victor Crowley. Victor Crowley. I don't think I've heard of that one. Victor Crowley was the devil incarnate. Okay. That's about all I can say about him. I mean, I, I've, I've heard stories and, you know, but I haven't done a lot of research on him, but uh, he's... Uh, Ozzy Osbourne ha has a song, Mr. Crowley. And he's talking about somebody else at first. And then about halfway through the song, he, st he starts stop saying Mr. Crowley and starts saying Victor Crowley. And he starts talking about Victor Crowley. He was from one of the European countries. And to date, I don't think they actually know how many people he killed. Huh. Interesting. That's, I'm... I'm sitting on Google right now. My brain works. That's where I got quiet. As I'm doing the same thing, I was, I was, I was intrigued. Well, they made a movie about it, right? In 2017, Victor Crowley. Yeah. One of the actually have the... that comes up is that it was based off of a, a writer named Adam Green. I'm not real sure. Yeah. Well. I mean, I mean, I've I've heard from from the old timers that talk about serial killers and whatnot about Victor Crowley, and then mm -hmm. the movie comes out in 2000, uh, 2017, 2018, somewhere around right in there, 
and you really can't find a whole lot of information on the internet about it. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, they're, uh, they based Texas Chainsaw Massacre off of Ed Gein. Right. But there's all kind of information about Ed Gein, right? It's yes. like it's like there's something about Victor Crowley that people just don't want to talk about. What's he going to do? Show up in the middle of the night? Exactly. Um, baby monitor fell off. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> My kid's asleep, and I wanted to make sure that he wasn't stirring. <sighs> I, I, I. If you ever get the chance. Um, and if you have Discovery Plus, I, I downloaded Discovery Plus just for certain documentaries. There is a whole um, paranormal investigation kind of thing on Ed Gein. Oh, nice. They went to his hometown and where the farm used to be. It's not there anymore, but um, it was it was really interesting watch if you're if you're into that kind of thing. I spend most of my life watching TV, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I have to redact my statement. I had uh, two different people mixed up. Okay. Okay. Uh, Francis Crowley is the one I was thinking about. Okay. Okay. Victor Crowley, though being a real person and did kill a lot of people, um, he's not the one that I was thinking about. That, I don't know why Victor popped into my name, but it's actually Francis Crowley. Because I, I, I just I, I typed in uh, Crowley, serial killer, and it pops up. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's the name I was looking for, Francis Crowley. October 31, uh, 31st, 1912 to January 21st, 1932, was an American murderer. His crime spree lasted nearly three months, ending in a two-hour shootout with the New York City Police Department. That's what I was actually remembering. Hmm, Okay. I'm like, wait a minute, how could Victor Crowley be, you know, well, how could he be in you know, European countries and still in America, whatever. Right. That's just, uh, it's, it's uh, over-information of the brain. <laughs> I feel that. That's, that's my knowledge of serial killers. It's kind of like that and paranormal or they're, they're my cup of tea, but, you know, you can't, I've, I've decided... I mean, I suppose you could, so I can't say you can't be a professional haunter and not love these kind of things, because I suppose you could. Horror movies, paranormal, serial killers, they're a lot of the forte. They fall in line with what I do every day. <laughs> when you're trying to come up with more gruesome ways or more um, jump scares, things like that, you dig in deeper of what are what are people afraid of, and that, that tends to be it, it's serial killers and ghosts and poltergeists <laughs> right now i was talking about francis crowley and then you got alistair crowley alistair. <laughs> okay what look him up alistair all right um <laughs> into my well, again sick fascination with serial killers i actually have a serial killer coloring book that i'm learning oh, about people that i never knew about There are a lot more female serial killers than I ever thought about 
that there would be. Oh, there's tons and tons and tons of serial killers. Well, and, and the the fact that this this book is all women. Like I knew about Eileen Warnos. All right, she's fairly notorious. Um, but people that I've never even heard of. So it's been kind of an education with a twist on it. Here, color these people who murdered a bunch of people. And the only reason that I ever looked up the man Albert Fish was because of Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, dude. <laughs> His murder ride in uh, <laughs> Captain Spaulding. Murder ride. He goes on about um, Lizzie Borden and Albert Fish and all these other random people. Yeah, apparently Alistair Crowley was the. They're they're not coming right out and saying that he killed any killed anybody, but he knows a, a lot about of a lot of things way too much. Mm-hmm. What I found is he was an occultist, so that's that's interesting. Yeah, it even says here. It's uh, it's just it's out of his memoirs. He said that's not how serial killers work. Arranging killings or a body dump sites in a pattern. Whether that pattern is a word or a pentagram or a happy face is up there with leaving a series of riddles so police can find you and or stop your killing. <laughs> wow. I love how we've turned this from paranormal to let's talk about serial killers. No, yeah, that's fine. Let's talk about serial killers. All right. I'm good with I'm, that. I'm, I'm, I, open, I'm I, open for that. No. We talk about... We can tell, talk about serial killers. We can talk about cannibals. I mean, hell, I even I even have a bucket list. And on, on the top of my bucket list, because I've pretty much completed a lot of it, All right. uh, on the top of my bucket list is before I die, I'm going to eat a human. <laughs> You're going to eat a human? Yes, I am. Well, there's, there's apparently somewhere. If I have to go to Papua New Guinea, I'm going to eat a human. Where, where do I see it? There's some place that is making... Um, human flesh alternative for those who want to experience being a cannibal. Oh God! I mean, I I used to have it on my phone. It, it's not a background on my phone anymore, but uh, the podcast icon is actually my background. But I, I used to have a background. You know how when you go to butcher shops, how the cows laid out on the poster? You know, this cut, this cut, how to cut. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I had I had one of those that was the human body. Okay. <laughs> Now, for anybody listening, FBI, CIA, whatever th other three-letter organization, I am not a serial killer. I am not a cannibal. It's just something that's on my bucket list. It may never happen. But if I'm ever put into that situation, the apocalypse happens or whatever, and we run out of food, and there's oh. no, no, no more game animals, hey, there's a lot of humans. <laughs> Look at the Donner Party. They ate each other to survive. It's fine. Yep. But no, you know, I'm... Uh, with this podcast, it's it's not only paranormal. It's not just about cryptids. It's not just about UFOs and aliens and things. Or it's anything and everything that you have ever been told could not possibly exist, or that your parents told you that you know it's the wind, or you know don't pay attention to, to that news article because you know serial killers aren't really out there. People really don't kill people. I mean, we're open to anything. I got lucky. I I have parents who believe in serial killers because they lived through Ted Bundy. Actually, right. um, one of, in fact, I have I have a quite quite the story. Um, one of my mom's classmates was abducted by Ted Bundy. 
Ooh. on a field trip. Um, what is her name? I would have to ask her, but she disappeared with a man in a car on their field trip. And my, and my, my grandma knew about it. The whole, like, I'll have to get the information for it. I'll tell you, I'll totally send it to you. Um, but her mom went to him and pled and asked her where the body was. And he just laughed at her. They finally found his last victim uh, in 2020, if I remember correctly. Her la- their, his last body. Hmm. Out of the, what was it, 14 or 15 people? I don't remember his, his record for people. Well, you know, there's probably way more than that, right? Oh, I, I'm sure there is. Um, I remember, I want to say it was the BTK killer. <laughs> I haven't heard a whole lot about that one. He was... When did they catch him? I remember hearing a lot about it, which is strange because when they caught him, I was only like two, but I do remember hearing a lot about the BTK killer. It stood for bound torture kill. Yeah. Very strange man. They finally caught him. I think what the article said was in 91, but it was still the trials were a big, big thing when I was a kid. That and OJ Simpson. I remember that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not telling my age, but I remember when uh, I remember when the news the, it came on the news and they were chasing him down the 405. Right? Okay. <laughs> I was a teenager then. <laughs> That's probably fine. Um. Uh, I remember John Benet Ramsey too. Yep. They ever come out and say who killed that child? I don't think so. I think they still blame the brother out of jealousy. But I honestly, if I was you know to go with a conspiracy theory, I still think it was her dad. Hmm. Don't know about people sometimes. I'm a conser- a conspiracy theorist when it comes to Elizabeth Smart. If you remember that, yeah, I remember that one. She was my aunt and uncle's down the street neighbor. And there was just too much that didn't make sense. It was an inside job. Of course, my uncle's a good conspiracy theorist, too. Oh, I have something that I want so bad to release it. But then people would look at me and go, where's your proof? I have things like that. But, and, and it's something that happened, you know, within the last five to eight years that mm. people still talk about and I, I won't I won't so bad to just come out and go look you know this is what actually happened it had nothing to do with anybody else and search and rescue teams I mean they're they're actually the ones the search and rescue teams and the, and the courts are actually the ones keeping it hush hush right now hmm. but yeah I just I, I won't so bad to just tell people what happened and I can't I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you about it. I'll be recorded, but okay. 
because I don't. I mean, I don't want to be the one to release it and then people go, "Oh well, I I thought that the whole time." Or you're crazy. That 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 couldn't possibly be, even though there's hard evidence. <laughs> right. Well, that's how I felt about Elizabeth Smart. There was evidence that showed that the person that kidnapped her was friends with her father, but they never wanted to believe it. <laughs> so, have you uh, have you ever had any uh, say like uh, ex experiences with uh, cryptids or UFOs or aliens, anything like that? Um. I have seen lights in the sky, if that's the kind of aliens, you know, we're thinking. Um, and and that, it, that sounds cliched, but it's, it's the truth. Um, it actually wasn't that long ago. We were, I was driving down 12th Street and out of nowhere, this green flash and then it was gone. But it's not the first time it's happened in my life either. Was that back in February? Um, yes. If you'd have been outside your car, you, you'd have not only seen the green flash, but you'd have heard an extremely loud explosion. Huh. Yeah, uh, we just it, and then it was it was gone. Yeah. Uh, everybody from uh, up beyond St. Anthony to the Malad Gap seen it, felt it, and heard it. Interesting. And the, the news teams around here are playing it off as a homemade rocket firework. But NASA, the Near Earth Collision Project, and the USGS and a meteor tracking site up until about a week ago had the, had the information of what it was. We had, uh, well, the, the Near Earth Collision Project said that they tracked an, uh, an uh, a extraterrestrial object, meaning mostly meaning meteors. Right that entered the, the Earth's atmosphere over southeastern Idaho and exploded, I think, 30,000 feet up, something like that, the size of a small school bus. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, really? Because the, the, in the direction that, that it was heading, it was heading toward Taylor Mountain. And my first thought was, well, if it had not have burned up at 30,000 feet and exploded and it had made impact with Taylor Mountain, Nobody in this area would ever have to worry about Yellowstone exploding because we would have died. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, when we heard it, we were actually sitting in the bedroom playing games and or board games. And I thought somebody had just, you know, a, a tire had blown on the interstate because you could hear it in the winter when it's, you know, cold and quiet. Mm-hmm. But I also felt a little bit of a rumble, and I and I looked over at my friend that was here, and I, I asked him, I said, did you, did you hear that? He was like, yeah, I heard it. And the wife said that she, she said it sounded like somebody shooting off fireworks, and then it was all over the news. And there were some people that, that were saying that they were downstairs in their basement, and they could actually feel the rumble through the, the concrete and everything. Was, yeah, that wasn't a firework. <laughs> and we, we didn't hear it, but we, we sure saw it. Yeah, and I I didn't see anything about it after that, but I I thought it was weird because it was just this quick green flash and it was gone. Yep. I was like, all right, because yep. I mean it was obviously farther away from us than I thought, but yeah, it was pretty far up in the atmosphere, and, I, and I'm glad it stayed up there. Yeah, it can it can stay up there. I don't. Mm. <laughs> I there was the there was a thing from 
Stephen Hawking of all people. I mean, brilliant, brilliant mind. And <laughs> MS is a cruel mofo, if you ask me. Um, do you have MS? Anyway, whatever killed him. Um, he he told NASA, "Stop looking for life on other planets. It'll only get you in trouble." Oh yeah, there's life out there. I mean, uh, science through quantum theory actually proved that there are all, that there are infinite alternate realities, infinite alternate Earths, and you know. Just because you can't find life in this solar system does not mean that there's not life in, in the next solar system over. And they may be well, you know, advanced beyond what we are. And we just really do not need to open that can of worms. Yeah, don't piss them off. Which is basically what Stephen Hawking was getting at. Is if you upset the balance, you're going to pay for it. Right. And I really don't want to go through Independence Day. I really don't. <laughs> no, thank you. Signs. That's, that's an one. Yeah, Independence Day, signs, anything that ever happened on the X-Files. <laughs> right. I am perfectly content with not believing, but knowing that cryptids exist, that the paranormal is a real thing, that UFOs and aliens exist, and there's life on other planets. I am perfectly content with that. I don't need to prove it. I'm sure as hell don't want anybody proving it to me. Agreed. Okay, although the lady hawking a loogie on the recording that I have from the haunted house is kind of interesting. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a uh, that kind of proof I can deal with. Oh, the poltergeist in our apartment that liked to steal my keys—I can deal with that too. Residual. Uh, th th that lady coughing and hacking is, just, and, and that little boy too, you know, constantly looking for his parents in the residual haunting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, I like I said, I get tripped up sometimes on the podcast. I actually got tri I actually tripped up on some stuff uh on somebody else's podcast and there's his there's a there's a documentary movie, whatever, on uh Amazon that I tried to get through and for the life of me, I can't finish it. It makes me uncomfortable. You're talking about the demon house? Yes. Yeah, we're not. We don't talk about the demon house too much. I've still got scars. The, the uh, three scars on my leg that I got watching that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I I started it and I thought, oh, it's no big deal. It's just another documentary. No, no. <laughs> well, I got about through before i was like i can't i can't do this i yeah. can't bring this kind of energy into my home that's the thing about uh demonology and demons in general and on one of my episodes in episode one i even have a disclaimer that people need to bless bless themselves bless their house bless their property because demonic energy can actually attach itself electronically mm -hmm. and it can pass from where it sits on the internet into your home and it can affect you. Uh, I was dumb and I didn't do anything that I should have done before I watched Demon, uh, Demon House and I was sitting here watching it. As a matter of fact, I was sitting in, in my computer chair watching it on my computer and my leg started burning and then I lifted, lifted my pants leg up and I had three scratches from my ankle to my kneecap. Mm. And they, the, the scratch was bad enough that I actually have 
uh, you can see the scar. It starts at my ankle and it disappears a little bit and then it picks back up at my knee. Yeah, I, well, I went into it thinking it was just another another day. And just like I said, I got partway through it and went, no, we're not, we're not inviting this into my house. It's not allowed here. We're done. <laughs> well, that's, the, that, I mean, that's the only thing you can really do is just, you know, if, if you get an evil spirit or any kind of demonic energy or anything, you just tell it you're not welcome. You know, before it, ha before it gets a chance to attach itself to you, tell it you're not welcome. Very much so. This is not your house. Um. <laughs> I have un, un, been the unfortunate to live through demonic possession. Thank you to a boyfriend of mine. My condolences. That's My, all I know uh, how to say. Oh, it was it was a nightmare. Um, unfortunately, a drug fueled nightmare, but it was a. The best guy. An experience of you're going to take these pills and you're going to like it. He was a narcissist and very abusive, and we're we're glad that we no longer entertain that notion. <laughs> Clean and sober for 15 years, life is good. <laughs> Congratulations. But uh, it, it, uh, without sounding like I'm, you know, quoting movies, the Necronomicon is a book. It's a real thing. It's not bound in human skin. Hell, you can buy it at Barnes and Noble. Yep. And he brought that into our home and into our relationship. And I don't remember a good chunk of time between when he opened that book and when I was aware of what was going on again. How'd you finally get it to leave? Um, a friend of mine, <laughs> uh, a blessing, if you will, I'm, I'm not very religious, but at that point in time, I would take just about anything I could get to know that I wasn't losing my mind. <laughs> um, it, they, they told whatever it may have been that it was not allowed there and it was not allowed to reside in my person anymore the, the the common misconception that i find with demonic possession or at least under christianity rule not to preach or bible thump by any means um is that you have to invite the devil in and that's unfortunately wrong i never said hey i'm open let's do this uh it was it could be due to the intoxication it could be it could have been to several things but i never invited this to be part of my life Right. But Christianity will tell you, well, you, you accepted it. You let it in. And no, no, I sure didn't. <laughs> no, it's, we're not talking about Hollywood vampires here. You know, that there's not a, can you let me in? Yeah, I would have never bent myself backwards and done the things that I, I remember in and out of doing. I mean, the, the movies portray it these days quite well of you are you're there and then you're not and i just remember asking for help receiving help and then it was it's it's like a giant weight that just lifts off of your body you're just like okay i'm, I'm okay now i don't know what happened but luckily i didn't kill anybody life is good <laughs> i did think that i killed him once though 
as far as narcissism goes. He came home from the bar drunk, came after me, and I hit him with a cast iron frying pan. You were given one job, Kelly. One job. (laughs) Take that narcissist out. (laughs) Right? Fail. Well, I thought for sure he was dead. I went back to bed. I was like, I'll call the cops in the morning. It's fine. And when he was awake in the morning, I was like, shit. Well, at least I'm not going down for murder. Yeah, your husband's sitting, uh, sitting over beside you going, God, I hope I never piss her off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we like him much better than all the ones before. He puts up with all my paranormal nonsense. Yeah, I'm... I, 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 very strongly believe that uh, my ex, before I met my wife, was possessed by something. God only knows what. That, that that woman was just, she was just pure evil. She really was. She, was, she wasn't nice to anybody. And she was even more so not nice to me. Mm. I mean, she, she, she had thrown uh, crystal ashtrays at me. She threw a butcher knife at me once. Jesus. Uh, she instead of getting up and getting her daughter, you know, just a, something to drink, she just turned around and backhanded her out of nowhere. And then she, you know, she hooked up with this guy over the internet, moved to England. and He's told me horror stories. <laughs> I think there are some people in this world that are just pure evil. They were born that way. Whether they actually kill people or not, they're narcissists and Yep. Users, and that's just the way they are. Yeah, well, the the last time I spoke to her current husband, I told him I said, well, she's your problem, dude. She's out of my hair. <laughs> you took her on. You keep her. No refunds. That's right. No damn refunds. No return. Final sale. No inventory. Yeah, but you see, everything that we've talked about, you know, with, with uh, people being... Uh, I mean, I know narcissism is, is an actual uh, mental thing, but at the same time, it had to come from somewhere. When people mm-hmm. are born, people are not born innately evil, right? As far as we know. Well, yeah, as far as we know, unless it's uh, you know a, a demon spawn or something like that. Uh, right, children of the devil. Not not mentioning any names. Don't want to get my podcast shut down. <laughs> right. <laughs> But, you know, so, so uh, the podcast is about anything and everything, you know, whether it be evil or not. Uh, I'm actually trying to get uh, Mr. Wallace to come on and uh, talk about the differences between Mormonism and the LDS and the, the misconceptions and, and whatnot. I mean, everybody admits that at one point in time, Mormonism uh, was uh, polygamy, but not anymore. Some of them still are, but not I was that I'd be the new fundamentalists. But uh, but fundamental Mormons is what they're called. But with the uh, with LDS, I mean, everybody that I have ever met that's that's LDS, I mean, they're they're down to earth, they're kind, they're not preachy. I can't stand preachy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> person. Well, yeah, it it, it it varies person to person. You know, uh, when I was telling t- t- telling him about it, he, you know, he was asking me what it was about. And they're into that kind of stuff, and 
and mm-hmm. I and, they, and I told him I said I need to get you on a podcast, and he's like, well, what would I talk about? And I said, we well, just talk about Heavenly Father, dude. He's like, well, what do you want me to talk about? And I said, whatever moves you to talk about. Right. If you want to talk about, you know, uh, Mormonism, LDS, or you want to talk about, you know, paranormal, it doesn't really matter. Because the whole point of this podcast is to get the truth out there. And if it takes an hour, two hours, three hours, bouncing around from subject to subject to, to finally land back on the original subject, and then you have a skeptic listening to it, but then the same skeptic has had experiences that they couldn't explain. And what we talk about on the podcast helps them to understand. Then that's my whole goal. I mean, it's not about me. Right. I get. Yeah, I I do have I do have a sponsor that that set me up with my microphone and headset and you know and he he does a little bit of sponsor money every month. But you know, other than that, I, I get nothing out of this. It's not for me. It's for all of you. You get to listen to weird people's stories. Yeah, I get to li- li- listen to some really interesting shit. <laughs> uh, I, it would be, it'd be, speaking of, you know, Mormonism, it'd be interesting to see somebody who is still practicing or listen to somebody who's still practicing Mormonism, their take on the situation. I was born and raised LDS, but that's not where we live now. <laughs> Well, if I play my cards right and talk to the the bishop of the ward that we're actually in, I might be able to get him to come on because he's into all the, you know, outside the church and everything. He's actually into the paranormal and things. Mm-hmm. I just, I, <laughs> my, my, my mom actually is who it was that got very angry at me for saying that organized religion failed me. <coughs> you're not wrong Uh, well they're supposed to be and and no offense to any of your listeners that may may be lds or mormon or whatever i don't even know what they want to be called anymore (laughs) it's been several years since i set foot into a church so but it failed me because they're supposed to be from what they advertise and what they tell you in church the most accepting people in your life and i had some of the worst experiences (laughs) Well, and, and, then, and then again, it varies person to person. So it really does. I was I was told things like, <clears throat> "Good girls don't draw on their skin." As I'm sitting, he was taught the the guy that was talking to somebody else. As I'm sitting there covered in tattoos in our singles ward council meeting, <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of like, "Oh, okay. Well, sure, thanks." Well, luckily they 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 now view. Uh, stuff with tattoos and whatnot is your body your choice right well i think i think one of my favorite prophets of theirs he he said you know i would rather sit sit next to somebody on sunday who smells like cigarette smoke than not have them be in church with me right no (laughs) it's like take your cues from that and quit judging other people it's not your it's not your place to do I figure whatever creator anybody believes in, at the end of the day, that's who gets to judge me, nobody else. Well, one of the quotes from the Bible, and it's and it's in every Bible of every religion around the world. It's just in different languages. Lest mm-hmm. uh, judge not, lest you be judged. Exactly. 
And it is in every single Bible, every version of it, every language, everything. Yeah, there's another thing that's in for the listeners out there who may just be tuning in, you know, and, and haven't heard much of the podcast and just chose this episode. Um, in case anybody didn't know it, there is only there is really only one religion in the world, regardless of how many are out there. There is only one, right? I'm not religious. Well, I'm re- I'm religious in the sense of I was born on the Cherokee Reservation. I still believe in what I was taught. You know, Mother Earth, uh, Father, Son, stuff like that. Um, but I have studied a lot of religions, and I've studied them in depth. And the, the one thing that I have found is all religions out there, they all talk about the same thing. All of their gods are the same, regardless of what they're called. They may do some some different things, but they're all the same. All, uh, all the mention of Jesus is the same. They all have a flood story. Mm-hmm. Every one of them has a flood story. And then the one story that nobody ever talks about, they that, you know they'll talk about the flood story and Moses and how he went about things, but they never they never talk about what happened immediately after the flood. They just say that you know with uh, Noah having the ark and having the ability to repopulate the world. Well, here's the thing. Now, here's where it takes off into the stratosphere. Noah built a boat, extremely huge, to take on two of every kind of human, animal, insect, flora, well, not flora, but uh, in a plant life. And then apparently microorganisms and everything like that, right? So two of everything. Mm-hmm. And then 40 days and 40 nights of flood. And then sent out a dove and the dove came back with, a, I think it was an olive branch. Yeah. So there was land again. So 40 days and 40 nights. And if you really, really break it down and you look at it from a scientific point of view, or a conspiracy theorist, or UFO, or UFOlogist, however you want to say it, that may not have been a boat. That could have very easily, because Noah was, when he died, he was a uh, hundred or two hundred, two hundred years old, something like that, way up there. So that may not have been a, you know, a physical manifestation of a wooden boat, even though uh, beams from the ark have been found or what they talked about in the Bible of the ark has been found. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what if that was, say, us from us from the future? And we sent somebody back to take DNA samples of everything on this planet, including viruses, to be cataloged, and then the earth literally destroyed. See, this is what I was talking about, about the thousand years and then you know, God comes back, right? Mm-hmm. So the entire earth was destroyed by a flood, cataclysmic flood. The waters recede. And instead of, you know, this person begetting this person begetting that person begetting that person, because that's a lot of incest in my mind. Mm-hmm. We were gene- uh, re- uh, through genetic modification, we were reborn. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, I've contemplated that a lot. And I've heard a lot of other people talk about it. Because, and I mean, it's just the way my mind works. My mind will not let me believe. I mean, even though the man may have had help to build the to build an ark, but my mind will not allow me to believe that one man was able to collect two of everything. You'd have to travel the entire world to do that. Yeah, and he was and he was supposed to have stayed in one area. And collected two of everything. I mean, I'm not discounting anybody anybody's beliefs. I mean, that, that's just my own personal opinion. Everybody has their opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the poor people who were born without assholes. Well, well, now they can medically build them one, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I've always thought about that. You know, maybe if the way we the way we read the Bible, it's it's right the way it's written, but we're not interpreting it the right way. It's a possibility. That's that's for a whole nother episode. That could be an episode unto itself. <laughs> it could take hours to explain, <laughs> figure out. Oh. So, what other kind of ex- experiences and things have you had at the uh, at the haunt? In the haunted house. Um. Voices. Um, I, I've, in my clairvoyant life, have gotten really good at learning how to tune things out. But it's it's just because if you start to get quiet, everything decides. Ooh, you can hear me. I'm going to talk to you. And it's it's not a fun experience because it's like forty people shouting at you at the same time. <laughs> but as far as the haunted house, I refuse to be in the building alone. I refuse. I can't do it. The energy is way too much. Can't do it. Um, well, and if I am ever left alone, I have to be sitting in the garage with the garage door open, waiting for somebody to come back. <laughs> <laughs> it just it unnerves me that much to be in that building alone. There are, is enough energy, good and evil alike, that the there's not a real good balance <laughs> per se. Um, more often than not, it's something mischievous that it wouldn't care if it hurt you. It wouldn't. Hmm. And that's, that's the unnerving part is I've been, I've had my hair pulled quite a bit. Whatever likes to follow me also likes to pull my hair. Um, I've been pinched several times and it's like, okay, I am aware that you're here, but could you just not touch me? That'd be, that'd be cool. (laughs) I don't, I don't enjoy the physical contact because it's usually some form of pain. It's like, you can't just come out and say, hi, you have to pull my hair. Great. Thanks. Um, I have seen things, many a thing. I actually, and I, I, I wish I still had the copy of the picture that I took in the middle of Dr. Slaughter's in the original building, because even the original building was haunted. It was. Um, I took a digital camera with me once and just started snapping pictures. And in one of the pictures above there, they had a vortex tunnel once upon a time, which I don't think belongs in a haunted house. They scream fun house to me, not haunted house. And I really don't enjoy the thought of having to clean up other people's puke. (laughs) Cause if you've ever been through a vortex tunnel, they are super fun at throwing off your equilibrium. 
Uh, <laughs> but I took a picture right above that, and there are faces in the picture staring back down at me. Oh. Um, we have very few things left over from Slaughter's. And now that it's Planet Doom, we... When they walked down on the situation, they took a lot of things. They, and I, I say took when in all reality, I mean they stole, unfortunately. Um, we ended up with a prop that has been around forever, though. Everybody calls her Crazy Krista, and it's actually Crazy Christine. It's, uh, I want to say she's from a company called Poison Props, but I could be wrong on that, so don't quote me. Um. I've had some terrible experiences with that prop when it still worked. She does not work anymore. She's not functional. I think if we wanted to put the effort in, she could be, but I'm glad that we don't because I don't really like her. Um, in the original haunt building, it used to be before it was slaughters. It was an old Fred Meyer building. I think now it's a storage unit. Yeah. It's a, um, yeah. And uh, I was in a room with, with Krista for a while. They had her and me and a bunch of other things set up in that room. I was in an electric chair. <laughs> and I was sitting there one night, just minding my own. It was a fairly slow night. And her sensor started to go off by itself. And every time it would go off, she'd get a little bit louder. And a little bit more violent. And... One of the very last times, all of a sudden, she was sound all the way up from what I could tell. So loud that it was ear piercing. And so violently shaking so much so that she broke off the hinges on the back of her. There was nobody around us. There was nobody back to mess with her. I think she's she's a pneumatic, so she had an air compressor attached to her. Nobody to touch any of those things, but it had been flipped all the way up and she had broken off her hinges when they finally came in to check on me slash the room. I was sitting on the base of the back of her table. Cause she's on like this electroshock therapy table thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sitting on the back of it, trying to hold her down on the floor, which this prop probably weighs two or 300 pounds with the metal frame. Yeah trying to keep her from lunging over the fence at people because that's how much pressure is being pushed through these pneumatic lines and they asked me if i had done something to her and i got i got blamed for a lot of it and i said i never i never touched her like i i don't even know how to how to go about that so why would i do that but the horror stories off of that have just built she's a terrible prop with a terrible energy Okay. And nobody can take her seriously because she's wearing Crocs. <laughs> wearing Crocs. <laughs> what a Croc. <laughs> but she's she's got an energy attached to her that nobody is a fan of. Nobody likes to be in the same room with it. She's currently hidden in a corner in our in in our uh, uh, sane asylum, insane asylum scene. But like I said, she's not plugged in anymore. As far as I know, she doesn't work. Okay. But she used to go off by herself with nobody in the room. That's not fun. And you get an aura around her every once in a while that you're just kind of like, I'm going to, you stay there, I'm going to (laughs) go. 
please don't get up and move right now. <laughs> Which is terrible time. because she's an inanimate object. She she can't go anywhere. <laughs> but the vibe that you get from her is that she could, if wanting to, jump off the table and grab you. And I, I'm not a fan. Well, they said the people said the same thing about Annabelle, right? That Annabelle couldn't move, but every time that somebody would place Annabelle somewhere, she'd be in a different spot. Mm-hmm. If this if this wasn't strapped to this table because it's a prop, I think we would find it in different places. I really do. The elf of the uh, shelf of hell. <laughs> <laughs> we have porcelain dolls that were in a scene in the the scene's no longer there, but for some reason, one of the porcelain dolls still ended up in the haunted house and i couldn't decide if it was the kids that were screwing with me or if it was something else because every time i'd walk through the maze i would find it in a different place so energy it definitely attaches to things in a haunted house i think it, i think it's worse in a haunted house because the atmosphere is supposed to be scary and paranormal and ghosts and ghouls and whatever so i, I really and in off season, it's a lot tamer. The experience is a lot tamer than during actual haunt season when you have energies of people walking through your building because what we know about the paranormal or what we know about spirits and things like that is they feed off of magnetic energy. And right. with the amount of people you put through that building that have electronic devices on them and things, it, it, it basically charges the battery in this building and things get worse the longer we're open to be honest i'd like to get a hold of a jacob bladder a very large jacob bladder and put it in the center of that building and just charge everything in there <laughs> and then do a walkthrough just to you see what's one. in there I, I don't want to know just how powerful the things that hang out in that building could be. And I know there's a lot of people that are very skeptical about what goes on in the building. I, I don't know if it's because they're just choosing to ignore it because they spend a lot of time alone there mm. or if they just actually are not in tune enough to catch what's going on. But I, my boss, for instance, he doesn't really seem to be on the side of Oh yeah, there's there's ghosts here. He he just seems to kind of brush it off as nah, it's just the building settling. I've been in a Would lot you? of old buildings and they settle, they don't last. Exactly. You don't have people when there's nobody around telling you, hey, come back. No, no, I don't want to come back. You can just leave me alone. I'm good. The uh prop that y'all have out front. Uh yes, the impaler. Right. Uh, before, I mean, he was, he'd been, he'd already been hooked up to power or whatnot. He just wasn't turned on. Mm -hmm. um, there was one point that, uh, that during the swap meet last year that I, I was going to the porta potties and I walked by him. I didn't step on the, on the trigger pad or anything like that, but I walked by him and he turned his head in the direction I was in and laughed. And to my knowledge, there's no laughing in the whole spill that he does no he's his voice box has been changed since we got him it, i don't remember i only heard the original voice box on him i think twice before brent actually changed it but um no there's no laughing at all 
Yeah, so that, that that's kind of creepy in itself. And he wasn't on because I mean the, the music wasn't going. Now we now we were there one day when the music was going and it drove me literally insane because it was eight and a half hours until the uh, I can't remember, I can't remember the name. But anyway, came out and or went into the haunt and turned everything off. And I mean, I mean, the, the impaler was doing his, all of his moves and all that crap. That was annoying as shit. But yeah, no, uh, I actually, eight and a half hours, I listened to that. So, uh, you know, I don't remember him laughing, but I, I did remember him turning his head and looking right at me and laughing. I'm like, yeah, that's a hard enough. We'll pass. Right. Yeah, well, and there's been nights that that's been left on by uh, the music outside has been left on by accident. We've had that problem a couple of times because to turn it off, if I remember right, you have to go upstairs to turn it off. Oh, yeah. I only go upstairs if I have to. Um, not because I don't like upstairs, but my knees and stairs were just not friends. So if I don't have to go upstairs, I just choose not to. Oh, I'll see you there. So uh, has your husband had any unique experiences? Um, I would have to call him back in here and ask him. <laughs> Other than the clowns, I'm not sure. Yeah, Give me because I know you both you, you both uh, do things there, so I was just curious. Yeah, who's. yeah, he he helps with oh construction stuff. You might hear my kid for a minute. Sorry. No, you're not. <laughs> I mean, he's a little loud, unfortunately, but he's two, so that's kind of to be expected. He's a kid. <laughs> Kids hey, babe, come here. I talked to him through the baby monitor because <laughs> fancy technology. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like me talking to people who are on my door, who are on my porch after they ring the doorbell and I start speaking and they start looking around like, where's he at? Oh, you have one of those ring things? Oh, it's, it's not a ring. It's uh, made by Zoto, but yeah. Oh, come here for a second. Bring the small child if you need to. Is he awake? Yeah. I would say he better be. 5 30 at night right or just leave the door open if he's doing something i don't care just come here i've been hi i've been asked if you've had any experiences by yourself in the haunted house besides the clown laughing miss I've heard people talk to me. Can you elaborate on that? <laughs> Not really. I was working by myself in Cemetery One, and I was listening to my music, and I just kept on hearing this whispering behind me, and turned around and no, nothing's there. <laughs> like, I just ignored it and went back to work. Like. Most of the people that we work with wear headphones while they're in the building or listen to really loud music. I think that's how they get away with not hearing what goes on around them. <laughs> I'd like to be a fly on the wall sometime when half those people realize I'm not alone in this building. <laughs> well, uh, like we talked about earlier, I'll have to hook you up with being able to do an EVP in parts of the haunt. Um, my husband's name is Abe, by the way, and he and I have talked about um, setting up static cameras when nobody's there just to see if there's anything that goes on while nobody's there. 
Oh, I'm quite sure there is. Because sure there have there, been some, uh, several times that uh, me and Brian would be talking at the swap meet and, you know, he, he'd say, you know, well, the, this camera was alerting or that camera was alerting. I come out here and nothing's going on. And I'm like, put two and two together, Brian. Right. <laughs> but There's nobody I, in I there. Love to do static cameras in there and get more proof just even if it's just for myself, I, I feel like I want to, I want to be able to see it more than anything and, and not be alone when it happens because I can't be alone in the building. Cause I'm a weenie. I'll admit it. <laughs> uh, I've, I've just been desensitized, you know, through every, everything in my life. It's just, I don't, I used to get afraid when I, you know, walk outside at night when I was younger or in the dark or by myself alone in the dark, but, now it's, I've just been so de de desensitized. Like I said, I'd love to come out there with a large Jacob's ladder and just set it off in, in, in the middle and watch the fun. Yeah. <laughs> Some people might call me crazy, but that's fine. Hey, you just come do it on a weekend when we've been open. That's as good as the Jacob's ladder, I swear. Either that or set the Jacob's ladder off in the middle of a haunt when it's going on. <laughs> yeah, people love that. You wouldn't need any haunters. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like we've had we've had kids have experiences in the haunt. I have a I have a kid that I I shouldn't play favorites, but I so do. I'm I'm actor manager, so I take care of everybody. I'm staff manager too, so literally I'm 65 teenagers mother when their mother's not around wow and there are several of them that call me mom which is fine i'm old enough to be their mother and it kind of makes me sick to think about it but <laughs> to know that i could be a 16 year old's mom is kind of scary to me but i know it's a true thing yes 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 since most most of my <laughs> kids are like yeah my mom's your age i'm like would you just shut up <laughs> I have a two-year-old. I'm not supposed to know that I could have a 16-year-old right now. No. <laughs> um, but one of one of my kids that's near and dear to my heart ended up so scared he could not go back into the maze by himself. In in part of our maze, it's we have names for specific areas. As my husband mentioned, he was working in cemetery one. So we have two cemeteries. Um we have a scene that we call the Abbey. And the reason is because it looks, I mean, that's the, the set name was an abbey, a church abbey. Mm -hmm. And he was in there and he was fine. He was doing his thing. And the next thing I knew, he was in the back, just absolutely pale and crying and terrified. Oh, he had turned around to a large, dark male figure just looming over him in the maze and refuses to go back in that scene. And he's not the first one to see this, this figure. He's around, we don't know where he came from. We don't know who he is, but he's, he's intimidating. He's huge, but he, he refuses to go. This kid refuses to go back into the Abbey because of that experience. Just won't do it. Yeah, that's, that's that could be horrifying for a child. Well, and, and none of them expect to see it. And so it makes it worse. Oh, I'm working in a haunted house. There's nothing real in here. Oh, shit. <laughs> but wait, 
there's more yeah right <laughs> surprise that seemingly harmless haunted house is actually haunted i've always i've always thought about uh you know volunteering time or whatever in a haunted house i mean it's it's always been intriguing to me but i've never gotten around to doing it well I, uh, that's a lie i actually did i did once and uh it actually uh feeds in to, to this story i was really really mean to some mormon missionaries once okay <laughs> i was actually uh getting ready to go no, not to work, but whatever, but to, to go to the haunt and play my character. So uh, I was a guy that that, uh, that stood in front of the butcher table, you know, before animatronics, where they got the animatronic guy now, well, most places. Right. So I was the guy that stood in front of the butcher table and hacked on uh, pig flesh pretty much all night long and threw blood on people and everything. So I'm co I'm covered in fake blood from my, from my head to my toe. You know, you got this old greasy, nasty-looking T-shirt on. That was actually just made to be that way. Mm -hmm. you know it really wasn't nasty and greasy well it kind of no. was but and but uh so i'm getting ready to go and i have mormon missionaries well lds missionaries to knock on the door and i've i had begged with them and pleaded with them time and time and again not to come back because i wasn't into that i wasn't going to convert and i wasn't going to anything so they knock on the door and i open the door and I opened it rather quickly, and he still had a hold of the door handle, so it yanked him into the house. <laughs> and, and and I realized this because he's in the house; his buddy's on, on the on the front porch. So as soon as he let go of the door, I slammed the door on his buddy, which kind of separated them too. Now I'm standing there with a real meat cleaver in my hand, blood all over me, <laughs> and I had some of the props laying up on the on the kitchen table. And the girl that I was dating at that point in time seeing what I was doing and then started screaming at the top of her lungs, somebody help me. He's going to kill me. Somebody help me. <laughs> all, all of the fake blood and everything was in the bathroom because I would always get in the shower to do it so I could just wash it down the, down the drain. Mm -hmm. So she gets in the shower and pours it all over her head and everything, comes running out of the, uh, out of the bathroom area covered in blood blood running all down her face and everything and proceeds to open the door and she opened the door and then did a fake collapse onto the these nice shiny shoes of the guy standing on the front porch <laughs> and i never said anything to, to, to the kid in the that was standing in the house and i started hearing something hit the kitchen floor it sounded like water and i'm like the hell is that and, I'm, and i looked over at the sink and the sink wasn't overflowing or anything and i realized he just pissed himself <laughs> i never i never said a word i just stood there and i was staring right at him and I, and I've, I've been told that i can do the thousand yard stare you know mm -hmm. where it's like i'm looking straight through you and i just kept staring at him and i was flipping the meat cleaver around you know in a not a circle but from side to side in my hand just flipping mm -hmm. it around and around and i kept staring at him and then i smiled and the only thing came out of his mouth was mommy he literally said mommy and and just sat down on the floor and started crying and I, and, and that's that, that's when i snapped back to reality I, I said what are you doing he's like you're gonna kill me no 
you killed her? And she goes, no. And he says, so what's going on? I said, I'm getting ready to go work a haunted house. You got to be kidding me. I am so embarrassed. I peaked myself. <laughs> but, you know, that, that was a, a one-off thing. I mean, it was like a couple of weekends and then I didn't do it anymore. But it, And the girl I was with, she actually begged and pleaded with me not to do it anymore because she said one of our friends could come over or one of the neighbors or, you know, God forbid, you know, the, the bishop could knock on the door. You open the door like that, you're going to jail. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. I, I actually have my brother's friend to thank for me getting into the uh, haunt industry, if you will. And it is, it's a whole ass industry <laughs> that I didn't know about until later in life. But I was a very shy, like we, I didn't actually grow up here. I'm from Utah originally. We moved when I was 14 and I didn't really have a whole lot of friends out of high school. Like I just kind of dropped everybody. Didn't want anything to do with anybody. And my brother's friend said, Hey, I volunteer at a haunted house. Why don't you come with me? I think you'll like it. I was like, okay. And my friends had tried to get me the, the ones that I still clung on to after high school had tried to get me to go with them. And I made it like three rooms in before I couldn't do it the smoke and it wasn't even that I was scared. It's that I couldn't breathe. My asthma was out of control. I just, it was not a pleasant experience. And uh, yeah. he says, well, why don't you come work with me? I was like, all right, this kid, mind you, is six, seven and weighs about 400 pounds. He's huge. If you ever went to the original Dr. Slaughter's, he played Leatherface. No, I never went. He was the guy that chased you out of the building with the chainsaw. Um, but that's that's my involvement. He got me involved, and I have been off and on with them for the last like ten years. I did oh. I did slaughters from two thousand eight to the middle of two thousand fourteen when I got fired. <laughs> fired because i was a liability that was a fun story but neither here nor there and it, it just it's just kind of stuck with me ever since like i was into all things creepy so it just kind of fit and i started as an actor and now i'm their staff manager so that's that's kind of fun we started from the bottom now we're here kind of situation oh yeah but that's how it works sometimes my uh the 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 segue into this is it's kind of like your missionary story i used to do my own makeup and things because one season before we started i had had my wisdom teeth pulled like not even a week before we opened and i still had chipmunk cheeks and my jaw was still sore and swollen and i was not gonna let anybody else touch my face so i learned how to do my own makeup uh my parents neighbors have four five children four children something like that she told them that they weren't allowed to talk to me because i was evil because i'd come walking out of the house drenched from head to toe in blood uh knives sticking out of my chest <laughs> the world i think the better part is you know you, you go to get ready for the night and so you stop at the gas station or you stop at the grocery store and you're in full costume walking through the grocery store <laughs> wow 
the amount of looks that you get are fantastic. But if you ever want to, you know, come play in a haunted house, we could always use more adults. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't walk through haunted houses anymore because I, I mean they don't frighten me because I know they're not real. It's more of a snap reaction type thing, mm. you know. And most haunted houses have kids in them, and I, you know I don't want to pick a kid up and throw them into the next section. That's fair. <laughs> I, I told the uh, the police officer uh, during Halloween that I, he's like, well, why didn't you go in with your wife? I'm like, you really want to get a call that, you know, somebody threw a kid through three sections? <laughs> yeah, like, that's how my is about haunted houses. He's like, I'll look at them with the lights on, but I'm too much of a violent reactor to walk through. Right. I just, I, I, I react so quick and, you know, so violent that it's it wouldn't be a good thing, and I don't want to hurt a kid. I don't want to hurt an adult either. But I mean, now talking about hurting adults, my mom beat the ever loving piss out of a, a swamp thing with an Alf mask. Yeah. She had dressed me up as Alf, the little alien on TV. You should be on TV. Yeah, I know who Alf is. <laughs> yeah, so she dressed me up as Alf one year, furry hands, you know, all all that mask and everything, and the mask got too hot, so I had to take it off. And we were crossing a bridge, and uh, the swamp monster reached up and grabbed her ankle. She proceeded to beat the ever-loving piss out of him with that mask. <laughs> and he kept saying, ma'am, 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 I'm a human. I'm, you know, I'm not a monster. Please stop. Well, then I guess you come by the reaction, honestly. Oh. I'm, I'm the only one in my entire family that's into the whole scary, paranormal, haunted houses kind of thing so my my brother my mom and dad absolutely not they won't even I, i've said you know you should really come see the things that i you know the projects that i'm working on and stuff and they're like nah i'm good I'm like well you kind of suck but okay <laughs> so uh you uh happen to possibly have any friends that you think uh, might come on uh, here and tell their stories um uh, i might my my roommate has had experiences with me. Our apartment had a poltergeist, so I'm sure I could get her to talk about that. Okay. Um I have a friend who's super big on conspiracy theories that I could probably get to talk to you. <laughs> well, I'm open to that too. He's he's pretty interesting and in the, the way he looks at the world. So I've I've got a couple of people I could I could probably send your way. Okay, sounds good. And I mean, yeah. if if you uh you know off the air, if you're just sitting and thinking about anything, and you realize that you didn't mention it or whatever, I I'd love to have you back on. All right, I'm sure come sometime in the season or sometime this year, I'll definitely have more stories. I'm working on a couple of big projects at the haunt that put me in the building more often than not. So. <laughs> And if you ever decide you want to you want to do an EVP or put up a you know static camera, just let me know. I've got access. So okay, yeah, we'll definitely do that. Well, it's it's been great talking to you. I really enjoyed really enjoyed your encounters and your experiences and things. And uh, we'll be looking forward to another episode. All right, I appreciate you having me. Find us on the web at www.investigation-cryptoparaology. That's C-R-Y-P-T-O-P-A-R-A-O-L-O-G-Y 
www.facebook.com. On Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash investigation crypto. Listen to us on any major podcast players, including Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and of course Spotify. We continue to spread to more podcast players each day. You may contact us by using the contact page on the website or by sending a direct message to our Facebook page or by emailing us directly at investigationcryptoparaology at gmail.com. That is investigation, C-R-Y-P-T-O-P-A-R-A-O-L-O-G-Y at gmail.com. Also, I would like to add this. If you're feeling down on yourself or like you don't matter or there's no hope left, we're here for you. You can contact us through our Facebook page or by emailing us at investigationcryptoparaology at gmail.com. We are happy to listen and possibly help you find a better tomorrow. If you don't want to talk to us, you can contact the Suicide Hotline of the United States. They have a crisis text line if you verbally speaking to someone is not your thing. Text HOME, all capital letters, H-O-M-E, to 741741. If you, don't, if you do want to verbally speak to someone, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. And if you are a veteran, you can also call 1-800-273-8255 and then press 1. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for tonight. I sincerely hope you will join us again next time for another spine-tingling, hair-raising experience from the depths of the abyss. If you would like to contact me about an experience you have had or to get on the show... Email me at investigationcryptoparaology at gmail.com. That's investigation, C-R-Y-P-T-O-P-A-R-A-O-L-O-G-Y at gmail.com. Cause my mom-